listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Well, some of you guys know that I'm a bit of a movie buff. I like all kinds of movies. I like action movies. I like comedies. I like musicals. This time of year, White Christmas will be on our television playing. There may be days where it's on a loop and we'll hear Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and Rosemary Clooney and the whole crew do their singing. We enjoy musicals. I enjoy romantic comedies. I'm a big fan of the romantic comedies. I really like all kinds of movies, but the movies that I really gravitate towards are those that inspire me. Those movies that are based on actual events. And I've, I've mentioned many times before that one of my favorite movies is Braveheart. Do we have, have any Braveheart fans? We've got a couple. But Braveheart is about a man named William Wallace that leads this rebellion in an attempt to gain Scotland's freedom. And there's a quote in the movie that really communicates the essence of what is driving Wallace to do what he's doing. And the quote is this, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. We can exist. We can take up space and time on the earth, but are we really alive? Right? We can breathe oxygen. We can have our lungs filled with air. And it indicates that we are living, but are we living the life that God has created us to live? The goal isn't just to occupy space and time on this planet for however long that we're here, and then we die and we go be with Jesus. But God has created us to impact the world around us. And Scripture tells us that the Spirit of God is in us, that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us, that we have been anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor. We've been anointed to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to comfort those who mourn. We have been anointed. We have been positioned in this time, in this moment in time, to impact the world around us and to declare the favor of the Lord. And so as a matter of science, we can check our pulse and we can determine that we're alive. But it's also a matter of science that one day everyone in this room is going to die. None of us can outrun death. In the time that we have on the earth, are we content just to exist? Or will we make a decision to live for more? Do we we make a choice to impact the world around us, to be a light to the world around us? In Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and they give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Are we being a light that displaces the darkness? Are we living lives that God created us to live? Or are we living lives that impact the world around us? This morning, I want to talk to you just a few minutes about being fully alive. But I have some good news I want to share with you right up front. We can't be fully alive. We can't live lives that impact the world on our own. 
right? We can't do it in our own strength. And the good news is we don't have to. The really good news is that Jesus came and he died on a cross that we could have life and not just an ordinary life, but he came that we would have abundant life. Jesus came that we could be free. And a life that is fully alive is a life that walks in the freedom that was purchased for us on the cross. And so the question becomes, are we living in that freedom? Are we taking advantage? Are we walking in the freedom that was purchased for us? In the book of Galatians, Paul is writing to the church. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he writes this. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we need to remember when Paul is writing that, he's writing to the church. He's not just communicating this random thought, but he's addressing issues that they are currently dealing with. And what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with is something that the church struggles with today. It's this choice between relationship and religion. I set before you life and death. It's this choice of walking in freedom, walking in relationship, or the appearance of freedom that really is a form of captivity. And God created us. He created each of us to be in relationship with him, but we often fall into the trappings of religion. And religion will tell you that you have to do something to become what God already says that you are. Religion will tell you that you have to do something to become what God already says you are. You have to prove you're you're valuable enough to be loved. You have to prove your value. You have to prove your worth. We see this take place in the garden with Adam and Eve. Satan comes to Adam, Adam and Eve and he says, if you just eat the fruit of the tree, then you'll be like God. You know, all you have to do is just eat the fruit and then you will be like God. But we know that Adam and Eve, that we were created in the image of God. We, were like, we are like God. We don't have to do something to become like him. We were created in his image. And all religion is, is just it twists the truth. It's fool's gold. It tells you that you have something valuable, but in the end you're left with nothing. But we, we get trapped in that religious atmosphere because religion is a lot easier than relationship. It's easier just to check the boxes and go through the motions, isn't it? The only problem is that there's no life in religion. It leads to death. It leads to destruction. Life only comes from relationship with God. Relationship is hard because it gets messy. Because relationship on any level requires a a level of intimacy. And intimacy requires vulnerability. And when we're faced with the reality of letting down our defenses and being vulnerable and letting God bring transformation into our lives, oftentimes it's easier to just turn to something that we can control. And we fall back into that place of slavery. This is what happened to the children of Israel. The children of Israel were in captivity for hundreds of years. And then Moses comes along and he delivers them from captivity, and they're headed towards the promises of God. They're headed toward the promised land, but they quickly discover that there's a cost to freedom because to embrace freedom is to embrace transformation. 
If we embrace freedom, we have to embrace transformation. And transformation is a, is a process. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen in an instant. It's a process. And as they were walking in this process into the promises of God, they grew impatient and they got disgruntled and they began to murmur and they began to complain. And pretty soon they began to build idols and, and they created gods that they could control. And that's what religion does. We, 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 we want a God that we can control just to kind of go through the motions. And this is what Paul was addressing when he was writing the church way back then. They had been set free because Jesus died on the cross, and yet they were turning back to religion. They were being controlled by that, that slave mindset. And so Paul, he's saying, no, you, you've been set free. You've been set free. Live like you are free. Don't live like a slave. Don't make choices like a slave. But live like free people. You know, we were talking about movies earlier. I'm a big fan of all the comic book movies. I'm probably a bigger fan of the Marvel movies versus the DC movies. But that's probably a, a conversation for another day. I do like Superman. I am a big fan of Superman. But for me, Christopher Reeve will always be Superman. You know, I know there's a lot of other versions, but Christopher Reeve is Superman. Gene Hackman will always be the best Lex Luthor. There's just... But I've seen most of the movies in their various forms and the different TV shows. And y'all have to remind me, but I, I don't remember a scene in any of the Superman movies where Superman gets this call on his phone and is like, listen, we, we have this conflict. We got people in danger. We need you to come and be heroic. And Superman's like, yeah, okay. And he puts on his cape and he runs outside and he jumps in his Prius and he's driving to the scene. And like 20 minutes go by, and they're like, Superman, we really need you. Yeah, I'm on my way. And like, he's driving, he's driving, driving. And 30 more minutes go by. We need you, Superman. And he's like, I'm on my way. I'm in my Prius. I'm going to be there in a minute. Have you all ever seen that? Did you see that episode? That's right. Why, why wouldn't Superman get in the Prius? Why wouldn't Superman get in the Prius? Because he can fly. You can, you can almost think about this like Apostle Paul gets wind that Superman's driving in a Prius. And he's like, i got to write this guy a letter. And he's like, Superman, like you can fly. So fly. Like get out of the car and fly. You've been created for more than this. You've been created to fly. And yet you're living below the standard that you were created. You're not living in the way that you were created to live. And as silly as that sounds... That's what Paul is writing to the church. He's saying, guys, you're free. You were created to be free. You need to live like you are free. Set aside that slave mindset and live like free men and women. Be who you were created to be. And Paul continues writing in, in verse 1. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then he says, stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm and don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, freedom has been purchased for us, but we have to hold on to it. We have to make a choice to live in it. 
You know, we have an enemy that is actively trying to destroy us. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And we have to make a choice to hold on and to live in the freedom that is ours. We live in a, a time that is, we're, we're so busy, and especially this season. There's so much going on. There's so much pulling at us. And we have to take time to breathe. We have to stay connected with the source of life. Scripture tells us that God, he's the breath of life. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 25, it says, God is not served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. Scripture also tells us that from God, through God, and for God are all things. God is the source of life. He is the source of our physical life, and he is the source of our spiritual life. And because, we, because of him, we exist as human beings. But it's also because of him that we're able to dream, that we're able to have faith to believe, that we're able to experience hope, to take in hope, and to release hope to the world around us. It's because of him that we are empowered to impact the world around us. And both our physical and our spiritual lives are only sustained when we stay connected to the source, when we breathe the breath of life, we have to take time to breathe. You know, it's obvious that we can't sustain physical life without breathing, right? When we physically stop breathing, the signs are somewhat apparent. You know, body dies. And it may not be as obvious, but when we stop breathing spiritually, when we're, when we're disconnected from the source of life, in the same way, we die on the inside. And I, I don't want to offend, but are we an army of believers or are we the walking dead? Because when you're, when you're dead on the, on the outside, you, you have a funeral, you celebrate life. But when you're dead on the inside, you can be walking around and no one would know. We can't sustain spiritual life without breathing the breath of life. To be fully alive, we have to stay connected to the source. John 15 says this. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So the good news is in life, you're going to be cut. You know, the bad stuff's going to be cut away and the stuff that you feel pretty good about will be pruned. It'll be cut too. So there you go. You can take that home. Now, it's important that we stay connected to God because it's in that process of being connected to him that he brings transformation. He eliminates the things in life that will distract us, that will lead us astray. Those, those things in life that will enslave us to an old mindset. And then he, he strengthens us and he, he brings forth growth. He brings forth greater blessing. And then verse 3, it says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And Jesus is saying, listen, you're in a good place. You've heard the words that I've said. You're in a good place. Stay in that place. Don't chase after the things that have no value to you. Don't chase after the things that have no worth. Don't chase after the things that make you feel really good for a moment and then destroy you later. Remain in me and I will remain in you. You know, this is the place of life. This is the place of freedom. You know, if you feel alone, if you feel insecure, if you feel marginalized, if you feel betrayed, if you feel hurt, if you feel wounded, take a moment and breathe. Reconnect to the source of life. We have to take time to breathe. As I was saying, we live in a time where there's so many distractions. We have so much going on. We have so many voices that are telling us that we're worthless. And then we have just as many voices that are telling us that everything is about us. If, if, you, if they can't get us one way, they'll get us another way. We have to be tuned to the source. If we want to see impact from our lives, if, if we want our lives to impact the world around us, if we want to be fully alive, we have to stay tuned to the source. I want to show you guys a little example here. I'm not going to sing, so. And, and these are not trick questions I'm going to ask you. I'm just warning you. But tell me, what is this? It's a guitar. What about this object makes it a guitar? When you look at it, how do you know it's a guitar? The shape. What, what about the shape, though? You have this big part of it, right? This is, this is called the body. It has the sound hole. And so at some point, a luthier took some wood and he, he shaped it and he created the body. And then this is the neck of the guitar, right? And so the neck was just a block of wood at one point. They took it and they, they honed it and they shaped it and they created this neck. And then they attached the neck to the body. And then they added these tuners. And then there's this, this the bridge. They place that on there to hold the strings and then you put the strings on it. And there's all these different elements that when you see them put together, you look at it and you go, well, that's a guitar. Let me ask you this. You've all, I know you've all heard a guitar if you were here for the last hour because we played one. So you know what it sounds like. So I want you to just in your mind, I want you to bring up the expectation of what a guitar sounds like. And I want you to remember, real quick, though, that we, we've determined that this is a guitar because all the pieces are here. The body's here, the neck's here, the tuners are here, the string, everything's in place. So this is a guitar. And I want you to, just in your, in your, in your mind, I want you to bring up the, the sound of a guitar. And I'm going to strum this guitar, and I want you to tell me if it sounds like what's in your mind. Okay? Y'all ready? Wait, something happened. Let's try that, Let's try that again. What's, is it, is it there? Well, yeah, something's weird, weird, isn't it? Because all the elements are here, but it's not in tune. It's interesting because you can have all the elements of the guitar, you can have it strung up, but if it's not in tune with what it was created to be, it's never going to release the sound that it was created to release. And in the same way, as Christians, 
We can know all the stuff. We can know all the language. We can come and sit in these chairs every Sunday. But if we're not in tune with who we've been created to be, if we're, if we're not connected to the source of life, if, his, if his, the essence of God, the nature of God is not, has not enveloped us and is not, if we're not empowered by his spirit, then we're never going to be able to release what we've been created to release. You get that? We have to be in tune with who we've been created to be. We've created to be a free people. We have to live like we are free. We have to take time to breathe him in, to breathe in the breath of life. We have to be willing to open ourselves up, to give ourselves to the process, to be in relationship, to be vulnerable, to be intimate with God. Even when it hurts, it's so tempting just to turn back to religion. It's so tempting just to put God in a box and bring him out once a week. But we have to be willing to, no matter what it takes, to allow him to shape us, to tune us. He, he formed us, but we, allow, we got to allow him to breathe his breath, to breathe him in, that we could be fully alive and that we could impact the world around us. So we have to take time to breathe. But we also have to remember this. Breathing is a two-part process. It's a two-part process. There's the inhale, but there's also the exhale. And both of these are required to sustain life. And we've been talking about the inhale, about breathing God in, breathing in that, the breath of life. But to be fully alive, we have to release the breath of life. We have to release the kingdom of God into the world around us. In the natural, we wouldn't get very far if all we did was just breathe in. I'm, I'm thankful for oxygen. It's a wonderful thing. But too much, too much of it without exhaling will kill you all the same. You know, we have to breathe in and breathe out. There's a rhythm to life. You breathe in, you breathe out. We are filled to a place of overflow. We're filled up and then we overflow. We breathe in life and we release life. Being fully alive, it requires both of those things. I've spent a fair amount of time thinking about the difference between being impressed and being inspired. I'm not sure why, but I have. There's a difference between being impressed and being inspired. We often see them in in similar ways, but they're, they're very different. When I'm impressed by someone, there is often a sense of shock and disbelief at what I just saw. And it leaves me amazed by the person's abilities. Would you agree with that? Is that fair? When I'm impressed by someone, I am deeply moved and impacted, and I have a longing to do what they do so that I can move and impact others. When I'm impressed by someone, there's often a sense of shock and awe and disbelief of what I've seen, 
And it leaves me with the sense of being amazed by their abilities. But when I'm inspired by someone, I'm moved and impacted by what they've done. And I want to do the same thing so that I can impact others' lives. See, when we impress people, it connects them with us. But when we inspire people, we're connecting them to the very thing that has inspired us. And part of the definition of the word inspire is to breathe in. To breathe in. We breathe deeply the breath of God and then we release his life into the world around us. We breathe deeply the breath of God and then we release his life into the world around us. And it brings change. People are drawn to us because they want to be with him. We have to take time to breathe. But to be fully alive, we have to inhale and we have to exhale. Every man dies, but does every man truly live? Every man dies, but does every man truly live? Are we just filling space and time on the earth? Are we giving ourselves to bring change to the world around us? To impact the world around us? Again, it's that choice between relationship and religion. Do we walk in the freedom that Jesus paid so dearly for us to have? Or do we walk in something that we can control? And if I took a few minutes and gave everyone the mic, I would imagine that everyone would have a story to tell where you've either been let down at the very least, traumatized, betrayed, hurt, wounded at some point in your life by someone in your life. We're not as different as it appears sometimes. We have a lot in common. You know, some people are like, well, you grew up in church all your life. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes church people are worse because they hurt you and then they try to spiritualize it <laughs> and convince, it, convince you that it's your fault. You know, we, we've all gone through stuff. And I, I think the thing that we have to, to guard against is this. Often we, we begin to, to build these walls around ourselves to, in an attempt to protect ourselves. And from our vantage point, it, it looks like a wall of safety. But in reality, the wall that we built to protect ourselves become the wall that imprison us and keep us from walking in freedom. And what we meant to you know, protect our heart can often turn to a bitter heart. And we keep people at an arm's length. And we keep God at an arm's length. And then we spend life just checking the boxes and going through the motions. And this morning, I just, you know, all of this is hard to say out loud because then I have to hear it. But I really believe that God is just here this morning just to, just to love on us, to really break through some of the, the walls and, and really to remind us that, that we can trust him that we can trust him, that he is good, that he is faithful, that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. 
that in removing the walls and giving him access to our hearts is, is not something that we have to fear, but it's a, a place of, of great rest. And so why don't, why don't you just stand? We're going to just pray for you. If you feel comfortable, why don't you just lift your hands and close your eyes. Father, we are eternally grateful for you. No words to express how grateful we are that you would send your son to die on a cross, that we could encounter you, that we could know you, that we could be known by you. There's no words. And Father, we believe that you are who you say you are. And this morning, we just ask that you would give us greater belief, the ability to believe in a greater way. Father, we trust you, but help us trust you more. Father, I just ask this morning that you would remove the, just all the, the barbs and the, the darts and the, the things in, in our hearts, that you would remove those things and you would just cleanse and, and heal the wounds with the oil and the wine of your spirit. You would remove the pain and you would heal the wound. And Father, where we've built walls in an attempt to protect ourselves and to feel safe, but really we've alienated ourselves from you and, and engaging the world around us. Father, would you this morning help us just tear down those walls? Would you tear down the walls and would you break the chains that hold us in our past and allow us to walk freely into our future? Father, we, we know in our minds that you've created us for freedom. You've created us to fly. And yet there's areas where we're settling for so much less. And Father, we just repent. And we just run to the edge of your love and we just take a leap and we just fall into you. We just fall deeply into the open arms of love. We just go deep into your grace and your mercy. And we just thank you for lifting us up. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for salvation. Go ahead and turn that music up just a little bit. It's good. Mm. Just want to take just a just a little bit of time. Just focus your attention on him. Just take a moment just to breathe him in. To breathe him in.
just as I said that, I had this sense that some of your first thoughts is just the mess of your life. And you can't see beyond the mess. And this morning, God is just wanting to, sometimes the mess has to get gone in your head before it can get gone in real life. (laughs) You got to get a new thought. So, Father, we just thank you for the new thought. We just thank you that that you are bigger. And we just exalt you, even in our mind, in our thought life. We exalt you. We lift you up. We make you bigger than all this stuff. We just breathe you in. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. One of the the lies of the enemy is that you're too far gone. That the decisions that you've already made have to be the decisions that define the rest of your life. We need to just realize that that's a lie. There's no wasted years in God. He can restore. He's really good at it. So, Father, this morning, we just let go. We let go. We let go of the past and we we just fall into your embrace. And praise you, Jesus. Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.